Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Success Design. I'm your host, Beth Shankel Anderson, and I am truly delighted today to have a special guest. Her name is Danielle Miller, and she is the CEO of Danielle M. Miller International, which is a company dedicated to empowering women worldwide as they create the life that they crave. And I'm really excited about today's topic because it's the topic is goal setting. And I try to incorporate goal setting through uh throughout my uh throughout my life. And the um the paradox we're going to discuss today is the paradox of goal setting and how it combines with living in the moment. Uh do you think that setting goals and trying to live in the moment are like oil and water? that they don't go together. Well, Danielle Miller today is going to debunk that myth once and for all. So Danielle, uh, welcome to the uh welcome to the show. I'd like to to thank you for taking time out from your busy day as a as a life coach and from your company to to join us today to talk about um to talk about goal setting. Well, hey, hey Beth, thank you so much for having me. I um it's a topic that's very obviously near and dear to my heart, so um I'm always happy to uh to have the opportunity to talk about it and, and get the word out uh, to, to women so they can really, you know, start creating the life that they crave and, and start living, you know, in their own unique sweet spot of that work and life blend. Right. I saw that in your bio, um, working yeah. toward that sweet spot, which I really liked, and I have it up on the uh, on the site so um, my listeners can read more about you uh, with the bio that you provided. Um, Great. And and I uh, noticed that you speak of that sweet spot, and also there's something that I truly that's truly dear to my heart is that there are no cookie cutter ways to do things. Everybody is so individual, you know. They bring so much to the table that that is so much of it, that's so individualistic that um, you can't you can't just blanket someone with 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 what you know it might work for someone else that you you may have worked with. Right, right, and that's. That's very true. You know, one of the things that I often kind of makes me a little crazy is when I you you always hear people say, "Well, if I can do it, you can do it too." And you know, the the thing about that is, is we don't know the particular experiences that a person has, the particular um, background a person has, what they bring to the table. So, in essence, that is true that you know, if somebody can do one thing, somebody else can. But you have to really meet women where they are right now and figure out, you know, where can they get started to get where they want to go because it is, you're right, you're absolutely right, there is no one size fits all and everything is is individualized to the particular person and and where they are at that point in their life and where where is it exactly that they want their destination destination to be in life. Exactly. Um and right. so, so many people bring um like for instance, a different educational background that might um play into um to some of their goals and it might be easier for someone to meet their goal based on that or whether or not someone has children you know i mean there's a lot of responsibilities that that some people have um you know incurred and they have to um to meet those responsibilities before they can go on with some of the goals they may have set for themselves so right right um, everybody. And I think it's, it's you know, everybody has a different, what I call a catalyst point. You know, everybody has that point where they they get that resistance and they finally are ready to push back enough that they're willing to sort of tip the scales in their favor for what it is they want to accomplish. Um, and, you know, like I said, everybody's everybody's point is different at different times in their life, and it, it's made up of a lot of different things of their experiences, their education, their background, their skills, their genetic makeup, um, their their characteristics, their values. You know, there's so many different things that go into someone deciding, you know, that now is really the time for them to make that push and set the goals that are really going to help them get to where they want to be in life. Let's talk about this paradox between goal setting and then living in the moment. If you okay. if you live in the moment, some people say you're not working toward your goal. You're mm-hmm. only living for today. You're only living for, you know, dinner tonight or right. or a, or a favorite movie tonight or something like that. But how does it how does that translate this paradox? Well, I think and I was I always either like to 
to think of it in terms I'm a, I'm a huge analogy person because of my teaching background I think I you know I tend to think in analogies and one of the best ones that I can that I've used that that really captures what we're talking about when we talk about goal setting and living in the moment is say for example you're planning a trip and you know that you want to go to France. Now, France is a pretty big country, and it's obviously in the time frame that you probably have, you're not going to be able to see everything that you want to see. So you've got to be strategic in how you plan for that trip to France. So, you know, you can translate that to having an overall goal, an overall goal of wanting to make more money. So you've got a general destination in mind, but now we have to sort of we have to start fine tuning that and figuring out what are the places that need to happen, the places we need to get to in order to see as much of that goal as we possibly can. So if you're thinking of that analogy of, of say going to France and you know that you're certain places you want to see, you want to see the Eiffel Tower and you want to see the Louvre um, and the, you want to see the Champs-Élysées you have to then start pl- plotting your route on how you're going to get to those places and what order you're going to go to get to those places. Um, and so then we take that back to that whole goal-setting theory where you know you have the goal of you want to make more money. So now you have a specific goal in mind. Maybe it's you want to make $250,000 in 18 months. So we can then start to set these benchmarks. Okay, so well, in 18 months, let's backtrack. How much would you reasonably have to make in six months, in 12 months, in 18 months to hit that big goal of $250,000? Now, once you have those, what I call those pit stops in place, it leaves you open to really start focusing on the here and now and putting the destinations on the map and getting from here to there. So, you know, you've got, once you have the plan, you are now open to the possibilities that you can focus on right here, right now, because that, that plan is already taken care of. Mm-hmm. You've already got the framework laid out. Um, so now what happens is we can start figuring out, okay, these are the steps I, I'm thinking that I'm going to need to get there. But as I'm working towards this goal, I can really start to be present-minded and focus on the process of getting there, which also then leads you to being more open to any unexpected opportunities that come along the way. Okay. So um, you're saying that once you have that sort of that roadmap in place, Mm -hmm. that that your plan sort of becomes more maybe even more malleable. You might decide like to giving the France analogy that you maybe want to visit the Loire Valley instead of the Riviera. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you can kind of you can kind of mix and match if they're better lack of a better term of what you of what you want. But you've got that in mind, you know, France is the goal or making more money is the goal. And you think you've figured out how to do it, but there might be some opportunities when you're living in the moment that come up up that might allow you to, to make that more money or to make that switch and you know, visit another part of France or or something right. like that. Right, exactly. And and the idea being that you have now freed up energy that would have been spent mm-hmm. in that planning process and putting those goals in place and, and coming up with the plan. You've already taken care of that. So now that energy can be refocused to living more in the present into being more open to what's coming your way. And again, if if you go back to that whole visiting another country analogy, so suppose you did have plans to go to the Riviera and the weather or circumstances beyond your control prevented it from that point in time. So then you start, you know, making alternative routes. And it's the same thing with with goal setting because you've already got those destinations down. So now it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, what's the order they're going to occur in and maybe we need to adjust the map as we go in order to get there because there's more than one way to get to where you want to go. Definitely. And and, and as you said, say there's actually more than one, you know, cookie cutter way to visit France or to make a lot of money. 
um, for for someone, um, you know, like I don't have a background in, say, fine arts or something like that. Mm -hmm. I cannot do anything that has to do with being very creative. Um, my background is in, is in law and, and, and history. So so I would bring those things to the table whereas someone else could, you know, design a website that you know everybody loves and make a million dollars. Um but that's not for me. So <laughs> No, me either. <laughs> so me people either. people definitely bring different um different attributes to the table and and to work around those and to have that goal that goal in place, which is what I want to talk about, some of the questions that we had discussed beforehand about about talking about on the show was there's this, a science behind setting goals and 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 why we need them. Now I you know I sort of have an inkling of why we need goals and uh and so that way that you know I've I've always heard and maybe you you can either um add on to this or even dis dispute me but you know having goals is um is sort of like if you don't have them then once the opportunity comes that's right in front of your face you're not going to see it. Right. Uh, yes. And I've had some mentors to tell me that that if you know if I don't have a plan, I'm not going to find see what's right in front of me. Right, right, exactly. And I think you know, uh, you know, as you said, you've had mentors tell you that, and that's that's really very true. And for me, you know, I'm so passionate about about having goals and goal setting because I've seen the power of it work. I've seen. Um, you know, extraordinary results happen when people set, you know, they say, oh, well, maybe that we shouldn't set such a high goal. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I think really high goals force you to push yourself and really um, force you to live outside of what you expect of yourself. It really holds you to a higher standard, a higher bar of excellence. Um, and when you when you sort of put these average goals in place because you're afraid of failing, you're really underestimating and you're really um, not embracing the potential that you have. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, if you, you know, if you if you set a goal, in my opinion, to what you can see um, or, you know, um, you're, you're, you're really losing your potential of the things that you can't see. Mm -hmm. Um there's you know there's things that I you know I I can just only imagine maybe a person may have limited themselves I guess would would be maybe the the phrase I'm looking for right right well and I think I think a lot of people get hung up about goal setting because they feel that if they don't make the goal um, that they failed and that you know most of us are afraid of failing um, so we want to stay in our comfort zone we want to stay in that safe place that feels, you know, not necessarily good, but it doesn't feel bad either. Um, so I, I find a lot of times in working um, and coaching women who are beginning entrepreneurs or are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs that, you know, they're afraid to set these goals because they are afraid of failing. So there's mm -hmm. a whole element of that fear of failure involved in goal setting as well. Mm -hmm. I um, just saw a, a quote from Michael Jordan, which I'm not a sports fan, but I, I really respect uh, Michael Jordan a lot. And he said, "I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not. I'm just afraid to not try." Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think it worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's it's a matter of until you get to your own personal personal catalyst point of saying, okay, these are the things that I want to change and these are the things I'm not willing to tolerate anymore, that you really find that the goal-setting process becomes an incredibly powerful and effective tool. Um, and, and I really think it's a combination of, of hitting your own personal catalyst point. It's a combination of not wanting to, you know, tolerate those things anymore. It's It's wanting to live up to the potential that you know it's inside of you. It's wanting to really embrace whatever your calling or your vocation or your gift in life is and starting to accept them and really live within those things because that's a whole other thing. People often um, undervalue their strengths and their talents and their gifts because they don't feel like that those those things are good enough to help them achieve their goals. Mm. 
So that's, um, I mean, it's really important. Absolutely, and so many people do underestimate themselves, and it's so sad because, I mean, most people, if not all people, have something to give in this world and something to do that's, that's higher than what they're doing now. And some people get stuck in, um, oh, this is what my family's always done or, you know, no one's really encouraged them. Or, or I've, I've been lucky to have people in my life who've encouraged me to, to kind of reach more for the stars, you know, or reach for the moon, you know, as they say, if you don't make it, you still land among the stars. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't make it, you can land at a, a place that's a lot better than where you are mm-hmm. um, at, at the current moment. So I want to talk a little bit about how setting goals actually frees you up to live in the moment. I was really intrigued by by that point that you wanted to make in, in our conversation. Well, what happens is when you set these when you set these goals, um, you, you know you've you've mapped out your your particular. I, I hate to use the word plan because a lot of times that word plan people get very caught up in that and it it tends to have a certain rigidity about it. So I always like to use you know either um, the word map or um, recipe because those things we tend to subconsciously think can be tweaked. Mm-hmm. or, you know, that we can change and it's not set in stone. So I think that once you kind of get your recipe down, you get your your um, map in place, you have those things set, it almost automatically now follows that you're going to start doing something. You're going to start taking that first step. So once you've decided, you know, that here are the things that I want to accomplish, you also have to figure out who it is that you inside need to be? What things about yourself do you have to change in order to start accomplishing these goals? And then you start looking at how how are you going to start to show up in the world? Um, you know, you find either a role model or a mentor or somebody who is doing what you would like to be doing. And, you know, that can be a real boost to getting you started to take that first step. But the idea then is once you take that step, you're so involved in that process of here and now that you don't need to kind of worry about those goals that are out there because they you you set the intention and you can now let it go. You can now take that energy and you can put it forth in in using your strengths and your gifts right now and taking that first step. And if you focus on just that one step at a time, it forces you to stay in the present. It forces you to focus on the here and now because nothing, when you stay in the present, there's nothing wrong with the right here and now. Mm-hmm. It's when you start second-guessing yourself about the future and the what-ifs and thinking about what happened in the past that you get stuck. Mm-hmm. So it's... Definitely you know agree. I mean? so it's, yeah, so it's almost it's almost um, a natural... Um, circumstance that once you you put that intent those intentions out there and then you say okay what is the first step I have to take and you just simply focus on that first step it it almost naturally forces you to stay in the present because you you really don't have um, the attention to focus on the what if or what happened in the past now so the present is more of an action as opposed to a, a thought um, right you're, exactly you're here. You're 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 doing it. You know, I'm, I'm here doing my radio show. I, I'm mm-hmm. not thinking about you know what happened yesterday or what I'm going to do you know afterwards. It's right. more of a it's more of a um an, an an action that I'm doing because it it is easy. I know. I sometimes I get stuck thinking about the past. Like, oh, did I do that correctly? Or did I did I introduce that person properly? Or just just sometimes silly little things. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you know bigger things. I'm like, gosh. And but really, I mean, I remember reading um, that book. Um, it was from Oprah's book club, The Power of Now, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, about being in the present because there all we really have is right now. The past right. is gone. The future is uncertain. So all we really have is now. I remember getting that from the book, that, that all we have is right now in the second. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's, yep. that's very important to, to point out. Um, I'm, right. glad, I'm glad you integrate that in your in your coaching and in your in your philosophy. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're, you're, that's, you said it perfectly. The present 
is about your action right now. So when you when you just link those two together, you know, the action I'm taking now in the present is in the present moment and that's leading me to the goal, the future that I have, but I'm not going to focus my energy on that because that's not where I am right now. I'm right here in the present. Mm-hmm. And so and a lot of times I think we get caught up in when we set goals is we tend to automatically start judging them. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we start with a limiting self-belief talk of, you know, well, I never was able to do that before. Why would I think I'm able to do it now? Or, um, you know, that's, that's a goal for somebody else. That's something that I could never do. Um, you know, you have to really uh, focus on stay, when you stay in the present, you're those judging beliefs and that that negative self-talk, you don't allow yourself to have it because you're so focused on what you're doing in the present. Mm-hmm. That's great. So it tends, yeah, so it really tends to kind of start um, busting through those limiting beliefs that you might have about the goals that you're trying to accomplish. Um, and another thing I find people, you know, there's that saying um, that Yoda says, there is no try, only do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a, that's a whole other thing right there. You know, even though people say I'm trying to do such and such, well, if you're actually taking action, you're doing it. So, you know, the two sort of can't compete against each other. It almost suggests, you know, that there's this duality when in reality, if you're trying, you're taking action and you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it, it really does help you focus on the present actions and and as you go each action you take you can then evaluate was this you know did was this the right step to take or you know how do i make the course correction right now and you know reset my course my path and how often do you suggest we we do that as we're going along in our in our goal and our goal setting and our goal achieving that we we sit down and we say hey is this working or Right. Well, I think it it depends on first of all the goal. Um, it depends on the scope of the goal. Um, you know, again, and that's a lot of where that individualization comes in because you know what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for everybody else or another person. And you can set up the basic framework. You can say, okay, you know, again, my goal may be a monetary figure. Uh, you know, let's just say again, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in twenty-four months. Well, you can you can break that down. You can divide it into increments of you know, say six months at a time or three months at a time even, and then start figuring out. Well, I need to make X amount of dollars in a three-month time frame in order to specifically and progressively move towards that goal, and then. You, so then you can check, you know, when you get to, when you're starting to get to the end of that benchmark, is this working or do I need to try something else? So that's a very subjective thing on how often people check to see, um, you know, whether or not they're progressing towards a goal. What I like to do is I say if you've had something, if you've had a goal, say, um, and it's the same goal of, um you know, it could be just, let's say, something easy. Maybe you set a goal that you wanted to learn salsa dancing. And mm-hmm. that goal has, you know, that goal has been out there for the past three years, and you're no closer to it now than you were three years ago. It's time to ditch it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you haven't made any progress towards a goal in a couple, you know, probably about two years, then that goal probably isn't a high enough priority for you at this moment in time, and it's something probably you should let go of and focus your energy on something else. That's um, a very, very good advice um, because, <laughs> you know, I know that I've had certain goals, and, and they're just not as important to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and it really shows in the way that I haven't really, you know, taken hold of them and uh, and really try to develop them uh and one of the things is dancing that's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've had that on my list for a while, too, and I keep, you know, sort of putting it off, and I'm figuring, okay, now it's, you know, now it's just not the time for that. Yeah, and that that is true. I mean, sometimes it's just, sometimes it's better than others, and sometimes when it's 100 degrees out in Florida today, you just really can't really think much about exercise. 
<laughs> Until at least the sun goes down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, maybe training, you know, for 5K this weekend is not the best time to do that when it's 97 degrees outside. Um, yeah. You know, you have to kind of look at all those factors um, that are surrounding that goal as well and whether or not it's, it, you know, it still is a high bar, but it also has to be something that you have the resources to be able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. That's definitely um, you know, right. The so, right time. The right time. Um, mm-hmm. Right, right, and that's sort of where that whole that whole balance myth comes in too, because you know you really have to kind of look at your life and where you are in your life right now, and whether or not some of those things are the priorities now, or you know maybe there's something that can you you can take off your plate for a couple of years. You know if you think about a lot of um a lot of women who either have their own business or they have um a very successful career maybe they're doing a lot of traveling and at the same time they are looking to you know have children or maybe they have young children and they're doing a lot of traveling well you know then you start running into that whole issue of um how how to make that all work and how to juggle and balance that and it's a matter of looking at your your values and your priorities at that point in time. So, you know, maybe having children is the more important priority and the, the travel has to go on the back burner for a little bit. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's forever. It just means it's for that period of time in your life that it's not a priority that can work in your life right now. Hmm. That was the next um, question I was actually going to ask you um, in and preparing for this interview uh, was uh, what does balance have to do with it anyway? Right. Uh, and what does it have to do with goal setting and um, and this living in the moment? Right. Well, you know, for and I'll use myself for an example here. Um, when I am creating a new program or um, a project or, you know, right now I'm in the process of writing a book and that takes up a lot of energy. It takes up a lot of um, flow in my life right now. So there are other things that become, that sort of, you know, get pushed to the side of the plate um, as as all of my energy and flow is kind of directed into this project right now. It doesn't mean that those things are any less important to me. It just means the ebb and flow of my energy has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't sit and write um, for four hours at night when that's my only opportunity to do that and prepare a full meal for my family and, you know, run my kids here and there and go to the gym and, you know, take a, a craft class. And, you know, it, it just can't happen. Right. So, you know what I mean? So, And, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the duality that we women deal with all the time is trying to juggle all of those different things and give them equal amount of our focus and energy when that is not, it's simply impossible. Hmm. It's simply impossible. So you have to figure out, you know, at this, and again, that's where living in the present, in the here and now is so important because you can say, you can look at your life and say, okay, right now, where is the majority of my energy going? Mm-hmm. Where, are my, where are my biggest priorities? Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years ago when my kids were a lot younger, that was my focus and that was my priorities. And that doesn't mean that there are any my kids are any less important to me. It just means that my focus, my energy has moved in a different direction. Definitely. I know, I know people do change their lives as their kids grow. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, there seems to be a really big relief when their children enter school. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like a very, a very almost um, just um, a very. Uh, it's a very a big change in the parent's life when the, when the child enters school because they have so much more time to either work or or do other things. And uh, I personally don't have children, but I know that um, that, that seems like all my friends are like, "Oh, my children are finally in." Right, right, exactly, and and you know, it it has to do with, um, you know, feeling feeling that because you have this focus in one area right now, that all the 
you automatically feel like there's this this duality. So like a work-life balance, you think that, okay, if I'm focused more on my work right now, then my life is going to be in balance. So we already have this preconceived notion of, of you know, one has to offset the other, that you can't have both. When if we could find more ways to blend and integrate the different parts of our lives, um, you know, we'd be probably a lot better off in terms of ditching that whole balance myth um, and the whole idea of everything has to be equally divided. You know, all your time, effort, and energy gets equally divided among all the different parts of your life. And that's, I mean, it's it's impossible. It's, that's very true. Um, that's why I call my show The Success Design is because everyone designs their life to what their own definition of success is and also through their own situations and people bring different situations you know some people you know bring children some people bring very high demanding careers some people you know even bring not so great things like um you know illness or disability or something mm-hmm. so i uh, try to bring people on my show like yourself who can help people design their lives and one of the questions i asked you before we uh we started the interview was how have you successfully designed your life and I really liked your answer, and I'd like to read it, if that's okay. Sure. Um, you wrote that success really is a recipe of your own choosing. By understanding myself, which includes my experiences, my strengths, my skills, my gifts, and accepting them, I have been much more open to success by my definition. I've learned to stop waiting for what I want, want and start living the life I want now. It's vital to pursue the things you're passionate about, having have an interest in and make you feel really good. So I thought that was really great. Um yeah. because um sometimes I feel like that even myself or you know, my husband or, or you know, friends and family are pursuing things that they really aren't very passionate about. They just think they should do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they sh- they should um you know, be a really great cook and cook dinner for their family when they really just want to go out to eat. <laughs> um, right, exactly. And and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, right, that's, that's right. perfectly fine. And and here's the thing, here are two here here's the ultimate key. <laughs> the ultimate two things if you really want to design a life of your own choosing and a life that is successful to you and for you. And and number one is you have to become more self-aware. You have to be mindful of your mind, you know, and really think about your thought processes and, and is it, you know, is what you're thinking true? And the second one is you have to know how you want to feel because ultimately that's really what our success is all about is how we want to feel, We want whether we want to feel joyful, whether we want to feel secure, whether we want to feel independent or autonomous, whether we want to feel um, financial security, um, whether we want to feel giving, generosity, um, affluent, you know, all it all boils down to the way that you want to feel in your life. And if mm-hmm. the things that you're doing are not fostering those feelings, then it's time to set some goals to get more of the feelings that you want to have. Hmm, that's a very good point. Um, you know, when we think about goal setting and stuff, there, the end result is generally a feeling of accomplish mm-hmm. accomplishment. Um, mm-hmm. I know one of my goals is to one day run a marathon, and I think the sense of accomplishment in doing that and the ability to, the satisfaction in saying I did it, I guess are my two you know, end results, my, my two uh, how I want that's how I want to feel when I finish, mm-hmm. um, and when, you know, when I do my radio show, what I want to feel is that I I've accomplished something, but also that I've given um, resources to the people that listen to my show. Um, I've given them the resources to um, to succeed in their lives in some way that they picked up something from my show. So I guess I have a you know those feelings, but I guess I had never really thought about. How I felt, I guess I just knew the feeling was good. <laughs> it wasn't. Right. I, did, I didn't really maybe map it out to being a particular feeling, mm-hmm. but right. Well, and it, you know, really, if you if you if you kind of if you kind of backtrack 
a little bit and you think about, you know, if somebody's goal is to, to make more money and there's a significant, there's a particular number they have in mind, you know, that all boils back down to what feeling does that financial um, security bring them? You know, what, what does it make them feel inside having that dollar amount in their bank account or having, um, you know, a, a number one bestseller on Amazon or, you know, it used to be, I used to say, getting on the Oprah show. <laughs> I yeah. don't say that anymore now. <laughs> sadly, no. No, sadly, very sadly, no. But, you know, that, and so then when I coach people, you know, coach women, I say, okay, what what are the feelings you imagine you would have from that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we start really pinpointing those things, and then it's sort of like, okay, so how can we design, how can we create goals that will enable you to have more of those feelings in your life? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately sure. it boils, it, yeah, and ultimately it boils down to two things that you have to decide are more painful to you. One is either discipline or regret. Mm. Definitely. I love I love discipline. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It just feels so good to have your mm-hmm. life in order as opposed to looking back on something and saying, you know, I could have done that, but I didn't. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest fears in life is to be really old <laughs> and look back on my life and say, I could have done that. Right. Um, right. That. Right. And and it's a control, you know, again, it gets that whole idea of having your life in order and that discipline and that structure um, it's a very empowering feeling. It's a very um, in-control feeling. And it, it enables you, you know, when you start to create that for yourself, it's like a snowball effect and you, you want more and more of it so you're willing to take the steps necessary to have it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're willing yeah. to, you know, to get up an extra hour earlier to run or, mm-hmm. or stay an extra hour later at work to um, to get a project done that, really going to you know shine and stand out so yeah it, it does take i mean yeah to lead a successful life and to design your life successfully the design is takes a lot of discipline um but there's it feels really good regret mm-hmm. regret feels really bad <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and that's you know tony robbins talks about that uh, pleasure or pain, pain principle that everything we do um operates either on getting pleasure from or escaping from pain Mm-hmm. So when you start thinking about it that way, it kind of, it makes a lot of sense. It is true. We are we are running from pain. I mean, that's what um, the Buddhism um, and some of the Eastern religions speak about is um, is um, trying to run from pain as opposed to experiencing it as the here and now and and getting through it that way as opposed to avoidance. Um, mm-hmm. Because I yeah that that's the, the very essence of Eastern religions is all life is suffering, right? And you know we can we can be very disciplined and and get through it and 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 or we can uh, unfortunately try to run from it, which it doesn't really work very well. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And that's where that that you know all the the regrets then tend to, tend to start coming in your life of, of things you wish you would have done. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um tell us I was gonna to plug your website and your coaching um your coaching group, which I understand you have a new one starting tomorrow. I do actually. I'm I'm really excited about it. This is a new class that I created and it's called Finding Your Sweet Spot. Um and it's it's all about the things we've been talking about today. It's all about um, you know, creating that that life map you know, in all the areas, and we really dive deep into what each area of your life you want it to look like. And that gets as specific as, um, you know, do you live in a rural area? Do you live in a city? Do you, you know, what are, what are the sounds you hear when you wake up in the morning? What, you know, what are the, who are the people that you see throughout your day? Um, because it's, it's, you've really got to paint a very vivid picture of what you want your life to look at, look like in, in order to start having it. Um, so we we do that and we start really um, looking at your strengths and your natural gifts and your abilities. And then we take a week and we kind of work through those limiting beliefs that you might have about those gifts and, and why we undervalue the things that we're naturally good at. 
um, and how to kind of how to break through those barriers. And then um, the last week is really about taking all of those essential ingredients of yourself and and wrapping them up into your own recipe um, so that you can start taking the steps that you know you we have a clear plan and pl- clear map in place for you to start taking those next steps. Um, and then the fifth and final class is a wrap-up uh, open coaching session. So it's where you get to ask any questions that you have as you've gone through the course. You get specific feedback um, on what the next step should be um, and how you go about really starting to create the life that you crave. Wow, that sounds really great. So yeah. you offer both private coaching and in the group coaching classes. <laughs> I do. I do private one-on-one coaching, um, and um, your listeners can find out more about that at um, daniellemmiller.com. All right. And, and then the coaching class that I'm offering that's our smart, and that's going to be that's going to be running um, probably every other month. I'm thinking at this point I'm going to be running that finding your sweet spot class. So if you if you can't get in it this time around, I'm going to be offering it again in August. Okay. Um, yeah, so that is that's again that's at daniellemmiller.com slash sweet spot coaching. Okay, great. I was glad I'm glad you plugged that because I was getting ready to plug your <laughs> website. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's no problem. I'm, I'm so proud and happy to have you on my show. Also, tell us a little bit about your book if you can. What maybe some of the the chapter titles are, or some of the things you're thinking about with your finding your your secret sauce, the essential ingredients to create the life that you create. Which yeah. does sound like a recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I tend to, as, as I said, I think in those cooking analogies a lot because I love to cook myself. So it was kind of a natural, um, a natural thing for me to kind of incorporate that type of language into my coaching. And and really, the um, you know the secret sauce is is all about what makes you you, and it's all about um, finding the different ingredients. You know. As we talked about, everybody has their own individual recipe, but like so many recipes, there are there are foundational ingredients that you use. So, you know, things like understanding your values, knowing what they are, um, knowing, um, you know, what your natural strengths are in life, um, things like cultivating that, more gratitude in your life, um, cultivating more um, understanding of other people, and just you know a lot of really simple ingredients that are very powerful and add up to you know a, your own recipe for success. Fun, humor, um, the ability to incorporate more play in your life, creativity, being a lifelong learner. Um, you know, curiosity, things like that. All of those things that really um, help you live an inspired life. Hmm. Okay. That sounds absolutely fabulous. I can't wait till it's finished. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm really, I'm excited about it. Um, we are hoping for uh, an October, end of October uh, finish date. Oh, okay, great. Well, you'll have to send me an email about that, and maybe we can have you on the show again, and you can promote your book if you'd like that. Oh wow, that would be awesome! I would love to. I'd love to uh, to talk to you again and uh, try and get some thoughts going for your listeners and um, you know help them start creating the life that they create as well. Yeah, that would, that would be great. And and um, you can be found on Facebook at uh, She's a Smart Cookie, yep, which is r- yep. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's our community page. She's a Smart Cookie, and I post lots of. Um, links to articles and um, different thoughts about, you know, living an inspired life and, you know, empowering yourself to um, escape mediocrity and, and, you know, pursue excellence um, in everything that you do. Um, I'm very passionate about that. Um, I I believe that we all have um, our own special greatness within us and, and that, you know, we need to have the tools and strategies in order to pursue um, pursue that calling and pursue whatever our own call to greatness is. Definitely, definitely. That's a, that's a that's a certainly a great calling. A great calling to have is to help people um, pursue pursue their own greatness. Because so many people 
I think get a little, including myself, get a little uh, down in the the muck and the dirt, and doesn't they don't right, we don't really see what's uh, what's right in front of us. So right, right, exactly, and 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 that is hard to do sometimes when you when you're living in your own life. It's hard to see that perspective um, from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Well, are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with um, as we sort of wrap up today's show? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you something that your listeners can do that's kind of fun that I really enjoy doing with all my clients, and that and you've probably heard of of this before in, in creating a vision board mm-hmm. um, of of what you want your life to look like. And for some people, it's more it's easier to do that in pictures than um, as writing it out in a life plan. So I always um, encourage people to, you know, create a vision board, get a big piece of poster board and start looking through magazines and and different areas. Or or if you draw, you can start to put some of those things on, you know, this this poster board. And it's not the idea that, you know, you you stick pictures on there with a glue stick and all those things in your life are going to happen to you. But what it does is it really starts to, when you see those things in front of you every day, um, it gives you that your subconscious just that little extra spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one thing that I recommend people do, and I I don't see this done. I have don't see anybody else doing this anyway. Is when you create your your vision board, leave a blank spot on it. And the reason that you do this is that that's that symbolizes new things coming into your life. Mhm. But you don't know about. Right, exactly. It leaves open the possibility of unexpected opportunities. Um, sometimes uh, some people will use that, um, a picture of an open door. Hmm. Um, on oh, there. Wow. And it's, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of a neat concept um, that, I, that I do with everyone that I work with. And it, it's fun because it's something that um, is motivating. It's fun to put, you know, think about the things that you want to have in your life and give them visual, you know, Give that, give yourself that visual picture, um, and and that last little piece there of leaving some open space or an open door to allow those things to to come in um, easily and happily. Absolutely, I love that. Um, I've heard about doing a vision board, and I actually have a a cork board ready to go, and I just uh-huh. need to do it. And I have some yeah. craft supplies that I do for scrapbooking and stuff. And I was going to make it really really pretty and I have I have one done now but it's it's outdated. I need to update it. Mhm. So. Yeah, that's important too. You got to kind of keep up with your dreams and and your goals and and update those things regularly. But it is a really fun exercise to do. It stretches your imagination a little bit. Um and it it for the, for the people that really don't like to write, um it it kind of helps them kind of get over that hump a little bit. Um so it's it's a fun activity. Definitely, that is uh, that's really exciting. Um, uh, really, it's really fun, and it can be really you. Know, you can find all this stuff in magazines. You can find, you know, nice cars or a picture of someone speaking to a group, and you know, that's something mm-hmm. I really. Uh, I just got invited to speak to um, a Rotary Club, and I'm like really nervous about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I need you... to have a picture of me. Strongly speaking, in front of them. So right, exactly, and that will, you know, that'll help, you know, kind of your subconscious get that in your head of being a successful oh. speaker, and you know, having uh, the um, the the words available to you to to speak and and empower other people, and and gosh, you're a radio host, uh, you you've already got it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I do. I used to get really, really nervous before my uh, my interviews. So I, I found my nerves are a lot less now. I still do get a little nervous, of course, but but I find that uh, my my nerves are a lot a lot less than they used to be. <laughs> well, and that's you know, and that's the thing with with anything. The more that you do it, you know, the easier it sort of becomes. So you know, it's like with stepping out of your comfort zone. The more that you do it. Um, the easier that it becomes for you over time. Exactly. That's that's exactly mm-hmm. right. The more that you do it, the more that it, you know, more yeah, than more you think, well, yeah, you, because you think, well, you know, nothing terrible happened to me this time or, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen when you play out those things and none of them actually happen? You think, okay, that wasn't too bad. I could do that again. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Yes, I, I think that's I think that's absolutely true because once you do it and you, you're comfortable and you know that you've done it before, it's like you can like yeah, sure, I can do it again. <laughs> Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's uh, there's like there's a comfort zone, you know, when you like, you know, sometimes I get nervous driving or something like that. Mm-hmm. When I haven't mm-hmm. been to a place, I have to drive out of town or something like that. But once mm-hmm. I've been there, it's like, oh, no big deal. Just driving right. to, just driving, you know, down south a little bit or something. So right, and and we all need to have, you know, it's we all, you know, those of us who are in the, in the empowerment arena and and personal growth and self-development, you know, we always talk about that you have to step out of your comfort zone. But you can, there are strategies that you can employ to make it as less scary as possible. Right, so right. It's almost like having, you know, having the um, the repelling line when you're, when you're scaling a mountain. You know, you've mm-hmm. still got that little bit of a safety net um, in order to help you step out of that comfort zone. And every time you do it, you're able to step out a little further. That's true. That's true. (laughs) And repelling down a mountain scares me so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not high on my list of things to do, I can tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more of an indoor girl. (laughs) I hear you. My husband, he likes the outdoors and stuff. I'm like, sweetie, I'm more of an indoor girl. (laughs) There you go. See, there's nothing wrong with that. You can stretch yourself in, in other ways. Definitely, definitely. We're just we're just a little different when it comes to that. But uh right. but Danielle, I wanna thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you're a busy life coach, you're writing a book, you've got a family and I really truly appreciate you sharing your uh your wisdom with my uh, with my listeners today. Thank you for having me, Beth. I really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely, and uh, when you get that book out, you give me a call. <laughs> Absolutely, I we'll certainly def- will do that. We'll definitely plug your book and and maybe have you know, have some fun discussing some of the concepts you're comfortable discussing, and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome, that sounds like a plan. All right, well, if if there's nothing else, then I'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I think we've we've um we've thrown out enough uh, overwhelm for one day. <laughs> <laughs> it can be overwhelming if you if you know some of my listeners aren't used to some of the concepts it can be overwhelming but if you take it bite by bite it's mm-hmm. um it's very uh it's very powerful and if you only take one thing away that one thing can be so powerful in your life so for all you out there feeling maybe a bit overwhelmed just just remember that yep. um and it, it only it only takes one one thing one goal to change your life Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Thank you. Well, with that, I will close the show. Thank you so much to Danielle Miller, who is a life coach, mentor, entrepreneur, and so much more. (laughs) (laughs) I will talk to you very soon. And as for our listeners, this is Beth Shankle-Anderson signing off. Thank you. Thanks, Beth.